welcome back to the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, where my co-host and I talk about gaming news, games, and movies that we played since the last podcast. This week, we have two weeks to catch up on because of my recovery, so let's just get straight into the news and allow my co-host to introduce himself. <laughs> still Craig, still here. We can get the news, though. All right. Yep. We're we eager. Can. It's been two weeks, so we're ready to go. Yeah, uh, I did mention on the Twitter, it is my fault that the podcast didn't come out last <laughs> week. Uh, I My voice did not sound good, so it's just better that we uh, we wait a week and do it now. Who knew that shoving a tube down your throat would affect your voice? Yeah, and <laughs> I I swear my, my it still doesn't feel right, but everybody <laughs> says my voice is back to normal. Yeah, you definitely sound back to normal, which is good. Good. All right. So pretty much we're going to dedicate a good portion of gaming news to the Xbox pretty much. Last week we ended up having the pre-orders go live for the Xbox Series X and mm-hmm. it was a mess. <laughs> it was a little bit of a mess. Which one was worse though is the real question. The Sony one or the Xbox one? So <laughs> for me I didn't have to do much for the PS5 when I was at, like I live close to a GameStop the moment we heard about it I was able to get a pre-order that much of a problem once i heard that they were going live i guess what's going to be worse is when the numbers come out or how many we see of like xboxes or playstations that are put up on third-party selling websites mm-hmm. and because i think there's like i'm mad at both of them because they both didn't seem to really have an idea of how many people were going to pre-order their consoles but on sony's hand they kind of dropped randomly and they did a second round of pre-orders and for a lot of people it was still a mess but i ended up getting a i ended up getting a ps5 pre-order directly from sony anyway i got that email (laughs) that i could pre-order from them even though i already had one right so i like sony's way because one i i believe that a lot less resellers were able to get their hands on the console Whereas Xbox, because they were all calling out Sony and telling them, and you know, okay, this is the time when anything goes live. And let me let me make it clear: some sites didn't go live, right? <laughs> at, <laughs> at at that time, I know Best Buy was a mess, GameStop was a mess, Walmart was a mess, Target was like allowing you to put it in your cart and then saying you had too many and then taking it out, <laughs> so that you know, it yep. never seems like the sites are prepared. No, they they never are. And I, it was funny because like the Sony one, like I didn't pre-order a, a PlayStation 5. So I just kind of sat back and watched that whole mess um, in like amusement. But then when it came time to try and pre-order an Xbox, which I did get one, but I was like, that's what I get for enjoying everybody else's pain on trying to get a PlayStation. Like I had to suffer. Um, I got mine through the Best Buy website, but, you know, it's supposed to go live at what, like 11 a.m. our time. And we're sitting there and it's like it's 11 it's 11 15 it's 11 45 it's 12 o'clock it's still not up yeah <laughs> yeah and then once it did go up it was you had to i had to sit there and constantly refresh sometimes it would let me put it in my cart sometimes it didn't i actually ended up getting through to about the payment information and then it told me that this item is sold out so take it out of your cart I had pretty much given up hope at that point, but then like, I think 20, 30 minutes later, they popped up again. So I managed to get a pre-order. I don't actually think anybody got any of the pre-orders to go through that initial time. It doesn't seem like it seems like it was just a mess. Yeah. The one thing that was definitely pretty annoying was the fact that I was trying to do the same thing from Best Buy. And at some point it goes, 
you know, I finally get past the continue to cart. It wants me to log in. And then when I'm logging in, it tells me my password's wrong, which it's not. <laughs> my password's been right and I didn't change it. So like the site itself is cracking under all the pressure that people fr- from everybody trying to pre-order it from them. Mm-hmm. You know, and luckily I did get one right. um, shortly after you guys did from bestbuy.com as well. Yep. But, you know, with – and it's about the it's about the whole bots thing and resellers because I, I can't tell you how many – like how angry it makes me when I see people trying to sell these consoles for over $1,000. Yes. And it's it's just like, you know, uh, it's just some – it's just some stupid, you know, young teenager trying to be a young entrepreneur and trying to <laughs> – get his hands on as many consoles that cost 500 and then sell them for double the profit at 200 uh, at a thousand. Right. So, you know, I, I feel bad for everybody of course, who can, who can't get their hands on a product because some bot had a, or, you know, some reseller had a bot and they was just continuing, continually pressing the buy button. Right. Yeah. And I've seen like locally, like the Facebook marketplace, I've seen, I think two or three playstations on there for like nine, buy, yeah. 900 or so. That's to be expected, but it is kind of a bummer every time you see that because you know there's people who actually want the console and they can't get one. Um, I know like as soon as I got my Xbox pre-order to go through, I was pretty much texting everybody I knew like, hey, try it again. And it seemed like for the most part, everybody, at least that I know, got it to go through that second time around. So I don't know if Xbox has more that they're willing to put out right away than Sony or not. I'm not sure but it seems like more people got an Xbox than did a PlayStation from at least early impressions. Yeah. It, it would be kind of hard for me to tell in all honesty, just because Sony right. did do that second round of pre-orders earlier, uh, mm-hmm. earlier last week. So I'd be, I'd be interested to see. And like, there's no word about anybody getting their hands on any more consoles as of the moment. So right. we kind of have to see whether or not, whether or not people want to get them as bad and whether or not they're going to do the same thing where, okay, you know, here's another round of pre-orders that you may be able to get one and then all the sites crash again. But luckily for us, we are, we We are ready to go. Yeah. We're through the hardest part. And I did see, I think yesterday that people who pre-ordered on Amazon, either console were getting emails saying that they may arrive late, which is kind of a bummer. Um, But I guess as long as you end up getting one, that's fine. Yeah, there's just something weird about like with like with like with Amazon, they're they're a very you know very popular company. One of the you know biggest on the, it is the biggest online retailer, mm-hmm. and the fact that I think it's different with Amazon because they're a store that you really can't go physically shop and pre-order and get one of these consoles. Right. It's just everybody trying to get it sent to their homes as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. So I like there's something different where I I probably would have. Even if I had the chance to pre-order from Amazon, I don't think I would have. No, I'm very when it comes to consoles in general, like every time I've bought in a console, I refuse to get it shipped to my house. I want to go pick it up at a store one because I don't want it sitting in front of my door. And two, I just don't trust UPS, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like it seems, you know, th- their bulk shipments that go to stores are fine, but it just I don't trust that it's going to arrive in one piece. Um, and you know, people are going to be looking for that size box sitting on people's steps. And that would be the worst feeling in the world to see, be at work and say it got delivered and go home and it's not there. Yeah. So (laughs) I just feel like the safest way is to have it come to a physical location where you can go pick it up. 
exactly. for me anyway. <laughs> no, I'm completely with you because yep. you, you know, you know, there are going to be those types of, you know, a holes. And I'll say yep. that, you know, yep. that are going to go around to like neighborhoods, uh, Look, looking for looking for consoles. Most likely, what they are is consoles, big boxes that are in front of people's doorsteps, and it's just because, you know, maybe everybody's at work, or maybe it's a college student who, um, who you know is at classes. Mm-hmm. Like maybe we'll see a low of that this year because there are a lot of people working from home and students at home and everything like that. So imagine, imagine, you know, both your parents work and you have a young child who's like eight years old at school and you have to tell him your Xbox is going to be at that front door. If you hear the door, you have to grab that. You can't just leave it outside. Yep. Yep. Man. Well, hopefully everybody who's listening, who wanted one, got one. And now we can just count down the days now that the stress of getting one is over. Yeah. It finally feels like we're, we're on the verge of the, uh, mm-hmm. the new console release, considering that pre-orders alive now and you know we're almost to less than a month yeah uh, it's crazy and bef- before you know it it will be it will be less than a month yep can't wait all right what about you craig what's a new story on uh we could keep with the microsoft and uh xbox buying bethesda which uh yeah. kind of came out of nowhere um yeah, they definitely did <laughs> yeah caught me off guard when i saw it and uh that's a crazy buy it was like over seven billion dollars that they paid Yep. Just insane amount of money. It makes sense. Um, my initial reaction was that, you know, this is them trying to have a exclusive roster of games. And Bethesda's got a lot of them. You have Elder Scrolls. Um, you have all the Wolfenstein games and, and their, you know, unannounced games that they've been working on. Um, but just some of the messaging, it I don't know if these are going to be exclusives. They may still release to PlayStation as well. I don't know if you got the same vibe, but like some of the stuff they were saying, it just kind of seemed that way to me. It seems like certain games are definitely going to be only Xbox only. And then right. some games are going to be multi-platform more on PC. Like it, it's kind of the same thing that's eventually going to happen with Sony and the MLB license Yeah, where MLB is eventually going to be sold onto other consoles, but you're going to have a startup screen that says PlayStation studios when you're playing it on Xbox. <laughs> yep. And it's going to be kind of the same thing if uh, Bethesda and, you know, I, I highly doubt that Skyrim is going to be <laughs> a, um, uh, an exclusive just because that game, like Bethesda and that studio would be losing so much money. Yeah. Um, and I well, don't think, you know, and you know, even $7 billion worth, that doesn't go directly to the employees. Right. Or it almost never does. Yeah. And I guess, too, you know, a good way to look at it, even if they don't make any of these games exclusive, at the end of the day, Microsoft can still sit there and say, you know, if you want to play Elder Scrolls when it comes out, you can play it on PlayStation. You just have to pay $70 or you can download it for free on Game Pass. And that's still technically a win from them. They're still going to get a cut of that money if you buy it on PlayStation anyway, because they own the company. Um, so it's not like a lose lose if they don't put anything exclusive out, but I would hope that they at least do some because they still need it. They need those single player games to make you want to buy an Xbox. And the only ones they have are right now gears of war and halo pretty much. So if you can take a, I don't need a dishonor. It's kind of a bad one because I think it's kind of fallen off in popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like the next Wolfenstein, those are received pretty well, except for the last one. 
young buds. Um, that was terrible. But yeah, if we they come have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, but if they come out with another actual Wolfenstein game and it's an exclusive, that'd be kind of a big deal. I don't think it's a console seller, but it's something. So I don't know. It's it was a big move, and it seems like they're just buying up everything right now. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot left that they haven't purchased. Yeah, and. One of the things that I do want to mention is one of my first reactions to this too was you know I, I sent the I sent the story over to my friends who are um, like Xbox people you know they, they they'll be gaming primarily on an Xbox mm-hmm. and it just feels like eventually we're going to hit this stone and I know everybody hates exclusives everybody wants things to be available on all consoles so everybody can you know no matter what console you play you can play everything mm-hmm. but I feel like we're going to get to the point where it has to get really bad with exclusives for order and it to get better and i feel like we're starting to enter that timeline with this where if for whatever reason now bethesda and their games are only going to come on xbox then you know the and this is thinking long long way down the road mm-hmm. where you know there's a you know there's a new xbox coming out and new playstation now you know every all game studios or most of them that aren't like these AAA like ea or activision that aren't affiliated with any of them, you have to decide, okay, well, this group has these games and Xbox has these games. So it has to be kind of a decision of which one you want to go with. At some yeah. Point. Yeah. And it just, again, like the value of game pass just keeps getting better because not only were you looking at them adding EA uh, play, which November 10th, when the console launches, that'll be added into game pass. So all the EA games you'll be able to download, but now you're at, the whole library of Bethesda, which I think they're adding doom eternal very soon to game pass. And and that was one that I had as a, I think a rent, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's cool. You can play all the dooms, all the, you know, Skyrim, Elder Scrolls, um, man, there's just so many games that are going to be available on game pass. Now it's crazy. Um, And, and hopefully I know we had talked about before Sony adding their version of a game pass with the new console. Hopefully they expand on that because it's just a win-win for everybody. It really is. Yeah. With how good of a, with, with how good Xbox game pass ultimate, like definitely is. It's definitely just a matter of time before Sony has to, and Sony's starting to, it's just a matter of whether or not they can make it worth it to everybody else. Cause I don't, I don't think Sony would ever go ahead and go, okay, you know, the next, Let's say the the newest next new exclusive would probably end up being Horizon, mm-hmm. and I just don't think they would ever go and put on and put that on a PlayStation Pass. I just think that for these studios that have already been bought and have been working with Sony for a while, I don't think it would be worth it for them to right. to accept that kind of uh, deal with Sony. And this True. way, at least the money stays with them, and it's not just a, a split deal where. Sony get Sony, you know, gives them money to put it on whatever Game Pass they have, right. and whatever physical sales, you know, end up being split or something. So true. It's a yeah. complicated situation. <laughs> yeah, but it ends up at least for now, it ends up working out good for us. You know, people who want to play the games because you're you're saving a lot of money right now. So mm-hmm. until they take over everything, and then it just becomes a problem. But we're not there yet. Soon. One day in yeah. the dark future. <laughs> it's coming, but it's not here yet. And then one thing I will mention with Xbox is the next little story. It's just that they they go ahead and reveal how much the expandable storage for a one terabyte is going to cost for the Xbox. Mm-hmm. It's about $120, and it's a one terabyte um, 
NVMe, which does make sense for how much one terabyte NVMe's cost. It's just a matter of I don't think there's always going to be the problem where you have games like Call of Duty that are taking up, you know, two you know two fifths of your of your hard drive, and then you kind of have to go through and always be at a constant balance. Well, do I delete this game to install this, or oh, I haven't played this game in a while, but I have to reinstall everything again. So it's a matter of you know we know that the old hard drives are that are going to work. It's just a matter of, um, you know, you'll be able to swap them. I'll be able to put, you know, if I'm playing Call of Duty and I haven't played for whatever reason, insert Xbox game here, and I need to make room for Call of Duty, I can move that insert game name here into the hard drive and not play it, but right. still have all the memory stored. Yeah, and it's it's $220. 220 Did I say yeah. 120 Yeah, you said 120 But My bad. that's the thing, like, I saw the price, the 220 and I went, I think I'm going to hold off for now and just chill with my one terabyte. Um, but there have been some rumors that some game developers are saying that these next-gen games should have smaller um, install size-wise. So hopefully it's not an issue where the one terabyte that you're getting is only good for two or three games. Um, but it's definitely something that I don't want to have to buy, but I can foresee myself having to buy down the line. Yeah, um, at some point. Yeah, just two hundred and twenty dollars. You're looking at pretty much half the price of the console there, which is and, a lot. And really close to the the whole price of an entire Series S. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, I get it. That type of storage is expensive. Um, and maybe by the time I decide I need it, it'll come down in price a little bit. Hopefully, uh, it's just a big ask to ask people to spend five hundred dollars on the console and then another two hundred and twenty to get two terabytes. Exactly. Uh, that's a lot, but it's to be expected. It's how it always goes when new consoles come out. All the accessories are expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will go ahead and uh, just mention the small story, and then I'll let you go into yours. Sure. The ne- uh, the next one is going to be the fact that Amazon announced its gaming cloud gaming service, which is called Luna. And if if anybody is kind of doesn't know what cloud gaming gaming is, it's where you're able to pretty much play a game on any device that you own like let's say for example in this example it's any fire stick that can play luna or you know use luna with a controller and you can play that on any of your consoles you can buy assassin's creed origins or assassin's creed odyssey play it from your computer and then let's say you need to go travel you can play that same you know save same save file on your iphone or android device Yep. So if with Google, we ended up having this already with Stadia, but Stadia has kind of failed in a lot of ways here. <laughs> yeah. And we really don't know how great it's going to end up being, but Amazon and Google both know how much money the gaming industry makes. And if they're, they're just trying to put their, you know, their, their feet into the water here to see what, to see what works and what doesn't. And if, Amazon has enough money to just buy all the gaming studios if they needed to. So true. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. I'm going to keep my eye on it. I just don't have high hopes for it. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like these these go well. And I'm going to be interested to see how many people are actually using the Xbox one as well. And that one's still kind of being crippled by the fact that you can't do it on Apple devices. Yeah, So like I haven't been able to try it because I don't have an Android based device. So for me, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to. Uh, so. We'll see. 
hopefully it works out. I love the idea. I really do like the idea of playing something and then being able to take it elsewhere is a really cool idea. It just hasn't been implemented well yet. Yeah. Um, so the last piece of news that I have is actually one that just came in like it says like 50 minutes ago. Um, so fresh as fresh can be uh, around cyberpunk. It looks like it got delayed a while ago. Right. And I said the reason for that was that they didn't want their employees to have to crunch to get the game out in time. Uh, and now they're saying that they're going to be forced to crunch anyway now. So uh, the meat of the story here, it's a longer story, but the main problem here is that they're no longer being, it's not a uh, opt-in crunch was what they were doing before. If you wanted to work on the weekend, you could. It is now mandatory that you work five days a week plus one weekend. Um, and they had, a, I guess the email went out today from the owner of the studio saying that he knows this is a, a hard decision and something that he didn't want to do. And he said, it'll take full responsibility for the backlash, but in order to get it out on time, um, this is something that needs to be done, which makes me kind of nervous that it may get delayed again. Maybe. Um, I hope not. Cause this will be what the third time or fourth time it's been delayed, but it's really starting to look like it. It may not make it in November. <laughs> yeah, and this, this is the type of game, too, and especially with its release date being so close to the next-gen consoles, mm -hmm. that a lot of these people are hoping and begging on the fact that if that Cyberpunk has to come out within this time period right. in order for it to make it worth it, because CG Product, Ray, CG Product Red's like game history, a lot of their games are very long. They have a lot of openness, a lot of side missions, and a lot of different things going on and if it ends up being delayed all the time sink that people were going to be putting into that game because with the new consoles new games aren't very plentiful for them yet it, i i feel like if it if it ends up getting delayed again it's going to hurt their sales more than people may think yeah and as much as i'd hate to see it delayed i also don't want them just to release it a mess too so if it gets delayed, it's probably for the best, but it just doesn't give much hope that they're kind of, it seems like they're kind of scrambling right now and it's so close to release. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Did you have anything else? Yeah. And then just two smaller things. Sure. Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Crown Tundra DLC is now uh, slated to release on October 22nd. Pokemon also added uh, Pokemon Home which used to be Pokemon Bank, where you can keep all your Pokemon like stored on a, on like a server almost, or your own digital boxes. They've now added integration with Pokemon Go, so okay. there's you know, and there's all these other you know different specials going on with exclusive Pokemon and everything like that. But it's just nice to see when the next DLC is coming out for Pokemon. I'm definitely more interested in in the Crown Tundra than I was with the Armor Isle expansion. Did you ever finish that expansion? The first I did, one? yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. And it was all right? Yeah, it, it ends up making the game, like, one of the main gripes I had is, you know, you can Dynamax Pokemon, and then there's Gigantamaxing with, like, changes the form of the Pokemon, kind of mm -hmm. like Mega Evolution was when, when it originally came out. The problem was is that you had to go to these special Wissing Wells and then hope that you were able to catch a Pokemon that could Gigantamax. <laughs> in the Armor Isle, it allowed you to collect these certain mushrooms and then make Pokemon that could Gigantamax without having to like to catch some random one in the wild. You could use the one that you had 
in there and make it be able to Gigantamax. It probably sounds really confusing now that, I, now that I've said all that out loud. But anybody who's been playing Sword and Shield, which a lot of people have, right. um, know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, they get it. I, I kind of understand it because I did play a decent amount of it. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is going to uh, be kind of the pre-reviews for the Xbox Series X have been coming out with not how it not how games play on it because really there's a a whole bunch of stuff that they can't talk about in these pre-release units but they have talked about how fast it is and they're talking about how this um the ssds and the nvmes are going to be the game changer for this generation because stuff like quick resume is a lot more capable now where i can stop you know, playing a single player mission in Halo, you know, turn off my console or put it to sleep. And then when I want to play again, it just opens right back up to exactly where I left off, which I really don't have that much of a problem right now with it. No. Yeah. So it, I'm, I'm interested to see how fast these things can be, because a lot of the time people could say they hate loading screens. But in a lot of ways, we all just look at our phones during loading <laughs> yep. screens. Anyway, so I'm not sure how much of a difference it's going to make. Like they talked about the difference in how long it takes to load Destiny 2 on an Xbox Series X than it does on an Xbox One X Mm -hmm. and how it is that much faster. But in a lot of ways, it's in a lot of ways, loading screens kind of don't seem that important or that necessary to me because of the fact that I'm just going on my phone while it's loading. Right. Like I understand the reason with things like the Outer Worlds where for example, on the Switch, the load time was like over two to three minutes. I do get the the outrage with that kind of load time. That yeah. that wouldn't make any sense because you could literally, you know, play play a full round of something in three minutes on your <laughs> phone or, you know, finish a Sonic race, like I said in one of the other podcasts that talked about the um, how long it was taking to load on the Switch. So it, it's good for a lot of people who I guess aren't on their phones while playing video games or something, but to me, I, I guess I'm not going to feel the difference until I actually have the console in my hand. Yeah, I for me, I've been thinking about it. And the thing that interests me the most is the multiple save states or resume states. And just because like if I'm, I'm trying to think of like maybe Assassin's Creed, right? If I'm playing that on my Series X and then you hop on and you're like, hey, let's play some Apex. The idea that I can pause where I'm at in Assassin's Creed, go play Apex and then as soon as I'm done with Apex, can switch right back, and Assassin's Creed is still ready to go. That's what interests me the most. I, you know, what I mean, as far as like just turning on and it's and it loads quick. I'm with you. Like it really doesn't bother me that much with load times, but being able to switch back and forth like that would be really cool. So if that works well, like that's really all I need from it. And then with that, we're going to go ahead and get to the games we played over the past two weeks, which the gaming list may not be as long as we probably both would actually think it usually is. Yeah. But nevertheless, uh, we're going to talk about them. (coughs) Sorry about that, guys. (laughs) Don't die. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about the games we played. So, Craig, I'll go ahead and uh, let you start off with the first one. All right. Um, I'll start with I played some WWE Battlegrounds, which was a replacement for the yearly WWE game that normally comes out because last year's was so bad. Uh, so this is a return to form to more of an arcade style wrestling game, kind of like um, there was one on the 360 and the PS3. It was like WWE Superstars or something like that. 
Yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Which was fun. And this is a, a lot of the same, right? Very arcadey. The controls are simplified, which is good because the other uh, WWE games are like almost impossible when you first play them to figure out how to do anything. So I thoroughly enjoy the way these games are set up. It does have like a campaign story mode, but it's whatever. I was skipping through the cutscenes, which are just like comic book style pages. Um, my main issue with the game is that they lock about probably 75% of the characters behind currency that you earn by playing the game or buying. So, you know, when you first start, if you want to just like put this game in and have a good time with your friends and pick whoever you want to wrestle with, you're not going to be able to unless you put in a considerable amount of time. And I mean like a considerable amount of time. I played like the first day I probably played like maybe two hours and I had earned enough currency to unlock like one person. So if you think about there's, I want to say there was probably maybe like 20 or 30 different people to unlock. And then there's also different like costumes or variants for them as well. You're looking at like probably over a hundred things that you would have to purchase. And if you're looking at about an hour or two hours to unlock one, that's a lot of time you're going to be putting into this game unless you're putting real money into it. And I just, I don't like games that do that. If it's a game that's like, super entertaining and keeps me going for that long then sure but there wasn't enough there that i could see myself playing this game for a hundred hours it's just a game that i'm going to play with my kid or like it's a party game that's really all it is so there's no no way that i could see myself playing it for more than like a weekend and i was i was pretty much done with it so concept as far as gameplay is fine um but the execution and how they're trying to get money out of you is just kind of more the same for 2k in general, because they did make this game. So every time they make a game nowadays, you have this, you have the NBA. It's just, it's all a money grab for them. So it, it was a, it was good, but it's a pass for me. There's really no need, which is a bummer if you're a, you know, a wrestling fan, cause you don't have anything new to look forward to this year, but just pass and wait until you get it on the next gen consoles. And hopefully it's a lot better. Yeah. I, I w- I'm glad you ended up mentioning that. Cause I did uh, read and watch some of the reviews for the battlegrounds game. And I heard it was the same thing with the, with the wrestlers being locked under a currency yep. that you, you know, I think it, I think it makes me more angry that there's the option to even buy yeah. this currency <laughs> instead of just making it, you know, the currency available enough for you to get. Cause it, with wrestling, it's all about getting your favorite wrestler, getting past wrestlers and that kind of thing. Yep. And the fact that they, there's even the option to buy the currency means that in the first place, when developing the game, they thought, oh, there's people who's not going to want to grind to get all of these characters. So instead yep. of making it easily obtainable, you know, that's going, okay, time to throw money at it, or, you know, you're not going to be able to get these characters until you put in the time. So Yeah, and you can do it. Point. You can do that and do it the right way. Like, I think Apex does it right, right? Like, you have to you have to put in some grind to get enough currency to unlock a character, but it doesn't seem unfair. Um, this just seems way unfair. So there's a good way to do it, and this is not it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you play? So for me, I've, I've played a couple games. What I'll start first is, one, I ended up playing it on stream, but Hades 2, or sorry... Just- Hades 1.0 finally 
came this out. the one I was excited about because I was watching you play it and I was like, man, this looks like a game that I would thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, and the fact that it's on Switch, it, it this is a such a perfect Switch game that it's it's kind of ridiculous that um that like other it's not on other consoles, but it's right. such a good Switch game for being on the go. The game is not a lot of gigabytes and also doesn't require a lot of horsepower. I I haven't heard any complaints or seen any complaints about the Switch version, so I am happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. And I'm finally happy to hear that this, like, I've been playing this game for a long time. I've been playing in early access for a while because of how much I, I love this game. And now that it's 1.0, I'm seeing places like Game Informer and IGN talk about, you know, does this game deserve Game of the Year? <laughs> or, you know, for and for a lot of people, they're saying that this game, you know, it does have potential for game of the year, which I'm, I'm super excited about. And if, if you have a PC or you have a switch uh, for me, you, for, for me, Hades is a buy. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to gush over it enough here because the, the music is great. The, the character designs great. The weapons you can do every, every time you are doing a run, every time you, and it's a roguelike. Mm-hmm. So every time you die, there's something new to experience. It's not just, and eventually, yes, in a lot of roguelikes, you will eventually hit a wall where there is nothing new for you to get. But that will take you so long <laughs> to reach any of that type of content. And I'm pretty sure it will take you over 100 hours in order to get, you know, the entire game complete where you've heard every single piece of dialogue. You've maxed out any codex information that you can with the game and the the game also makes it difficult by you know adding difficulty later on in the game which i won't you know spoil how that how it goes into that but you know i can't gush about this game enough it is an absolute <laughs> buy and they could charge 60 dollars for this game and i would buy it but the fact that it's not even 60 and that it's trending at 30 25 20 dollars yeah. just means that you you know it, it is it is a dead giveaway by i can't recommend this game enough yeah it just looks like a ton of fun so i think i maybe i'll get try it on the switch and see how it is i was just kind of waiting to see if it had any like performance issues but it doesn't seem like it does so that that's good to hear that it's running good on the switch and it's something that i could totally see myself playing docked on the switch and then going to like lay down to go to bed and continue to play it handheld that's so cool Mm -hmm. uh all right so I can uh, give you a pretty solid take on Super Mario 3D All-Stars now. Um, yes. That's where yeah. that's where the bulk of my time has gone these past two weeks. Obviously, I talked about we had uh, a bet going with a couple of my friends to see who could 100% all three games first. And as of right now, um, I 100%ed Mario 64, as did one of my other friends. The third one did not yet. And we had all moved on to Super Mario Sunshine. And I can firmly say that Mario 64 is still as good as it has always been. Um, It still can be a little frustrating because the camera is, you know, from the olden days, so it's not good. The controls can be kind of unforgiving, but there's still that issue where um, when you finally it kind of clicks and you understand how the movement works, it still feels good. Uh, So I had a ton of fun with Mario 64. We jumped into Super Mario Sunshine, and that's where we all kind of hit a wall. I know a lot of people are kind of torn on Mario Sunshine, whether they like it or not. I don't personally think I do. Um, Mario 64, I was 
I was coming home every night and just playing it straight through for hours. Whereas with Sunshine, I I might do like one level and then just be done. So this one's a little bit harder for me to get through. I'm still going to get through it. It's just going to take quite a bit longer and then we'll get to Galaxy. But this is a this is a really good collection. I know they didn't really do anything as far as upscaling how it looks. Um, they, it does look a little bit better, but just the fact that having all three of these games, which are pretty good games um, available on my Switch that I can play docked, I can take with me and play is such a cool idea. And I know it sold really well, so I'm hoping they can continue to do this with other Mario games or maybe even like the Zelda series would be cool to see. Um, but it's still a 100% a definite buy for me. I think this is going to be one of the bigger games for the holidays for the Switch. But it's just been great to play and revisit some of these games. So 100% a buy for me. I know you have it, but have you even played it yet? I've played a little bit of it. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, the 3D Mario games, and it's just too bad that Super Mario Galaxy 2 is where I really got into mm-hmm. uh, the, the 3D Mario series. So it's just kind of too bad I can't replay that. But I have played, I, I started a Galaxy, and Galaxy is fun. I do enjoy that. I uh, I just, with, with Sunshine and with 64, I was so young during when those games came out that they're more frustrating for me than anything. <laughs> yeah. Just because it's a matter of, you know, my, when I was younger, I just didn't have the patience to go through and find, you know, a specific sun, sun sprite or star that required you to collect 100 coins right. in order to do that. Yep. And a lot of those games have so many options and sometimes options end up overwhelming you instead of wanting to make you um, come back to it. And I think that's something I definitely, when I was younger, had a problem with maybe just too much option. Yeah. And there was definitely some nights with Mario 64 where I was ready to throw my controller because there'd just be times where you would, you know, how we're used to playing games nowadays, you know, one sticks controlling your movement, the other one's the camera, where like I would push forward and he would go backwards off a ledge and just die. Um, That kind of stuff is frustrating, uh, but you just kind of learn to roll with it and just kind of those days where I was stuck on a level and I just, I'm like, I can't, there was two levels in particular near the end where one was, they were both I was trying to get the 100 coin star and they're like the last two levels and I would get so close and I knew where the coins were that I needed and I would just look at how I needed to get there and I was just like there is no way I can pull off what they want me to pull off you know that like a sideways jump into jumping off the wall and diving to get onto a platform like there is no way that I'm going to ever be able to pull this off and I just stopped playing for the night and I was like, I'm I'm not going to be able to get that star. It's just not possible. And then kind of regrouping and coming back the next day and getting it is such a good feeling because yeah. um, it's stuff that I could never I couldn't do that as a kid. That was where I would get frustrated. And to be able to finally pull it off just felt really good. So I do have a nostalgia for it. And that's probably why I was willing to take the punishment and just continue to bang my head against it. But even if you you don't have the nostalgia. You don't have to get all 120 stars or shines in every game. You can just play through them normally and still enjoy it. So 100% pick it up if you have a Switch. It's it's a must. All right. So then for me, my next game is going to be... Um, all right. I'll talk about Destiny 2, which right. I have been playing and getting into on my computer. 
uh, because I have, I, I know a lot of friends who've played on the computer and I have, and a lot of people have said that playing Destiny with friends, like, of course, is going to make it better, just like any mm-hmm. other game. Destiny 2 for a brand new coming in, you know, on the month of September here. It's, I'm having a lot of fun with the game. Of course, everybody knows Destiny for being like this huge MMO. And it's, you know, I will mention it's free to play. There are a lot of the uh, DLC packs that even two of them are free. The only thing that I really have a problem with Destiny right now is it it is so confusing for someone who's new coming (laughs) in to figure out what the heck is going on. Because you would, and I'll I'll explain my, I'll explain. I'll explain my history with it right now. Destiny Destiny 1 and 2, I never got too much into because like friends would go ahead and play more than I would and I'd be behind and then I couldn't do the raids with them that they wanted to do and, and get the cool weapons. So Destiny 2 now has you play the first mission from Destiny 1. Okay. And then right now what it ends up doing is everybody starts at max level. So you're already at level 20 and you already start off with a certain amount of light, which is a score of 750. The max is technically 1060 or 1066, according to my research. <laughs> and what what makes it really frustrating is they ha- they give you all these tasks to do for the game and tell you, okay, you need to do this, 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 this. And they're just trying to push you or they're hoping that your friends know what to do to get you in the right direction for the game. Because right now, like, of course, all the loot I'm getting is allowing me to raise my light level. But, you know, I it took me a good four days to figure out how to get to the main campaign of the game, which <laughs> I couldn't find. And I played a little bit of Destiny 2, so I know what the main campaign was like, and I remember the missions. So for four days, not being able to figure out, wait, I can't find where the, the campaign is. Why is that? And it's because they archive the campaign, so you have to go get the campaign in order for you to even start that. Okay. So there's there's a lot of go, there's a lot of like you know experimentation and exploration when it comes to this game, and you know I know Destiny is a huge game already. It's already over a hundred gigabytes, much you know, much like how you know Modern Warfare is annoyingly huge. Mm-hmm. But if I feel like, you know, I don't mind starting at max level and getting some light power. That's that's not what bothers me. It's the fact that if you're a new player trying to figure out what to do on your own, the fact that you're hiding the, the main campaign from Destiny 2 behind something that you need to go and find and figure out how to do makes it really intimidating for anybody coming into this game. And as I mentioned, the main story and two of the DLCs are free. So you can get these things and you have a lot to play through. That's not the issue. But if you're if you're a newcomer, it is so intimidating. And like I'm glad I had friends who were able to help me get through the the infuriating part. Because yeah. had I not done all this research and not and you know had the interest in continuing my Destiny 2 gameplay, I probably would have already dropped it because it's because it's so intimidating for a new person to come through. Yeah. See, I played I played both when they when they launch, right? I bought Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 both when they launch, played through the entire original campaign. Now, the first one, I didn't play any of the DLC. I played the original campaign, and by the time that first DLC came out, I was pretty much done with this game. And the second one was the same thing. I played through the entire campaign, had a ton of fun with a couple of my friends doing it, and then we were done. Um, so I saw that this dropped on Game Pass, 
and I saw that you get, you know, the first two uh, DLCs with it as well. And I did look at it, um, but the same thing, like I thought the same thing that I don't know if I'm going to even understand the game anymore. And like I already played through it at launch. So I feel like I have a little bit of advantage as somebody who didn't play it at all. But I still know I would boot that up and be like, I don't even know what's going on anymore because I couldn't even the light level was so much lower when I was playing. So mm-hmm. I just I don't those games. I feel like if you don't get in when it starts and keep playing, I just I can't get back into it later. So I didn't download it. I figured I'd just let it go and just go on to other things. Um, but that game is a ton of fun, especially with friends. It's it's a it's one of those games where you can just kind of get on and talk about random things and it kind of goes in the background. But I had a ton of fun with the raids, the original raids in Destiny 2. Um, I forget what the one main one was called, but I had so much fun with that. So it's cool that it's free to play now, but I, I don't think I have the willpower to figure out how to get back into it anymore. Uh, let's, right. uh, let's say you have anything else on your list. I have one more and okay. it's the game of the year. Fast and Furious Crossroads. Yes. Yes. The game of the year. <laughs> it's going to be number one on my list this year. Sensitivity gaming podcast, <laughs> game of the year, seal it, yep. put it on, the, put it on the physical copies. Yep. We had talked about it before that, if it dropped low enough, we would pick it up and I did find it for $15. So I jumped all over that. Um, so this game reminds me of a driving game from, I'm not going to say the PS2 area. I'm going to say like 360 and PS3 era, uh, where they kind of give you cutscene, and then you're driving and then you do whatever you need to do. Then it gives you another cutscene. There's no like free roam at all which is fine. Like I don't need that in every game, but the cutscenes are so bad. <laughs> um, and there's decent people in this. So uh, Vin Diesel is in here um, as Dom. You do have Michelle Rodriguez as Letty in there as well. The thing with Vin Diesel is he's done a bunch of video games and he is a known avid gamer and he cares about everything that he puts out in the gaming world. So he gives it 150% on his acting, and you can tell. Um, Letty, Michelle Rodriguez, I don't think she's ever done a game before, so she seems kind of (laughs) lost when she's doing her lines. Um, There's two main characters. They're both female, and uh, not the one you play as, but your friend. uh, I believe her name is Cam. And I'm blanking on the actress's name but if you have seen the john wick series specifically the latest john wick she is the uh the lady who comes in to the hotel with the shaved head yeah um her right and i thought she was pretty good in the john wick movie as a villain um she's absolutely awful in this game i don't know i think part of it is just the way it's written and the line she has to work with but like if if it wasn't for her, I would enjoy this game a lot more. And I don't want to say that this game is like absolutely horrendous. It's bad. I'm not going to lie and say it's good. It's bad. But like it's not bad enough that it's not it's preventing me from playing it. Um, it's it's bad enough that I want to see where it goes. So I will get the whole way through it. And there's there's an online part to this game which is hilarious because how many people actually bought this game? 
So I can't imagine that any online will be, have anyone in it at all. Uh, but the driving basically comes down to either tail someone, uh, drive to a certain location, or take out other cars. And you're taking out other cars by hitting a shoulder button to make your car like jump to the left or right and to run into them. Or you'll have some of the cars have like a hacking device, which is interesting. Uh, but it's so basic and you can tell that they wanted this to be something a lot cooler than it ended up being. And I don't know if it was just an issue of money, maybe development wise, because I can see parts of it. Where I'm like, you know, they want there's things they could have done that would have been very cool. For instance, they had there's a cutscene where you're meeting up with Letty, right? Michelle Rodriguez. And you're talking about you have to go, you know, pull off this heist. So they need to go get cars. And in my mind, being a huge Fast and Furious fan for how dumb they are, that immediately makes me think, all right, we're going to a car show. We're going to race people just like in the movies, and I'm going to win these cars. That's cool. That's what I want from a Fast and Furious game. The scene ends, and you're literally driving in a new car, and it says, escape the cops. And that's it. Like, there's no, there was, <laughs> there was nothing. There was no video of you racing anybody. It was just, okay, here's your car that you got somehow. Now lose the cops and get home. It's just, it was just like they didn't have the time or money to do what they actually wanted to do. And it's kind of a bummer, but I can see that this game will end up being one of those games that I never get rid of. And it'll just sit on my shelf and people are going to be like, why do you have that? I can see that this is a game that I won't ever get rid of it's going to sit on my shelf and people are going to ask like why do you have that game still and it's just going to be one of those games that i'm like this game is so bad you have to play it so that's where it's going to sit i can't recommend it but if you want like a bad game that's still playable and it's like 10 or 15 bucks then pick it up if you have an interest in fast and furious but i'm not going to say it's an absolute must buy but you know this will be in bargain bins if it isn't already and if you're just looking for something to play in the meantime, before the new newer games come out, give it a shot. Yeah, I I, I certainly am going to think that with this game, it's going to either it's going to age like a fine wine <laughs> or a cheap wine, even maybe, and, you know, eventually one eventually, you know, something's going to happen with Vin Diesel and they're going to be like, oh, where's this game? It's like a collector's piece now. And it's going to be like <laughs> it's this seems like one of the games that's going to end up being worth stupid amounts of dollars at some point. Maybe. And, and, you know, you're, you're going to sit there and you're going to look at that game and you're going to be like, ah, do I sell it for a hundred grand or do I just <laughs> it to sit on myself? No, I don't. I keep it forever. <laughs> <laughs> but those are the only games I played this week. Just three. All right. So then the two other things that I played and they're kind of early impressions. I played Genshin Impact, which ended up coming out for PS4. This game is completely not what I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was an online MMO anime monster hunter. Mm-hmm. I, don't know how much of the Monster Hunter part is actually involved <laughs> in it. The The game is, of course, it's a it's a free MMO, and you start off with a character, and it's, it's, it's weird, because I'm used to, and I'm not sure if anybody's heard the term gotcha games, where you end up putting in money or something like that, and you are rolling for, like, five-star units, or compared to one-star units. And I play Fire Emblem Heroes, so I know. Mm -hmm. what gotcha games are like this is just not what i expected this game to be 
Um, graphically, the game the game looks nice. I think the gameplay portion the gameplay portion of it is fine. It's just that with what always happens with me in these games, I'm getting bogged down in menu after menu after menu, and it's it's kind of hard to recommend a game where you're going to be spending a whole bunch of your time going, well, what does this item do? And then you have to take five minutes out of your day to figure out what menu you're supposed to be in. <laughs> so it's free. So I don't have any problem with, and especially with uh, like we, it's not really all the games are coming out right now. It's all about to come out. So people are looking for something to play in general. Uh, for me, for me in this early playthrough, if, if you like anime games, this is probably right up your alley. And Gotcha games can definitely be a dangerous, very dangerous uh, thing. I would know with Fire Emblem Heroes. <laughs> so uh, one thing I'll just say when always recommending this type of game is just be careful where you're spending your money. The moment you realize, the moment you think you're spending too much, stop. Just don't play it anymore because you are yep. a lot of the time. You know, it's uh, I, I'm a big believer in that with, with these games, it's okay to put in some money, but the moment you're putting in like, here, I've never put more than $100 into Fire Emblem Heroes, and I don't <laughs> think that's too much money to put into a game, but other people would think otherwise. Right. Um, the moment I think, especially with a game that I've been playing for, how long has this game been out for, for almost three years, like Fire Emblem Heroes, it's, I think it's okay with that. But people who have already put, like, let's say, $200 into Genshin Impact because they're trying to get cute anime girls, that's, <laughs> that's where you got to draw the line and you have to stop. And you have to look at yourself and go... I need to. I could be spending my money elsewhere on something that would probably bring you more enjoyment. Trust me. Right. So, with, with Genshin Impact, you know, that that's my problem. I I think as a free game, it's fine. Uh, the moment you start putting in too much money, you got to be careful where you're where you're spending it. And the next part uh, for games for me is kind of mobile gaming in general. So, this week I invested in. I have Game Pass Ultimate, so I wanted to try what it was. I wanted to try cloud gaming in general. Mm-hmm. The problem is with a lot of these phones and, so- and something like that, gaming on the touchscreen is kind of hard. So I invested in the Razer Kishi, which is a kind of mobile uh, mobile phone extender for a controller where it goes on both sides of your phones and it almost is like a switch. That's the best way I can explain it to where all the controls are on both sides, on the left hand and right hand side, and then your screen is the screen. Mm-hmm. And it looks pretty much like a switch in the end. Now, one of the things I'll mention is for Xbox Cloud Gaming, some games are available, some games are not. So, for example, I tried Destiny 2 on the Cloud Gaming, mm-hmm. and I have to admit it's very hard. I'm not the biggest fan of Destiny 2 on my phone, just because I don't feel like... I feel like the delay is... It is a lot more than what um, than what I'm used to on console. So it's hard to follow enemies around, and especially in a shooting game where precision counts, mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways, it's kind of hard to recommend it. On the other hand, I didn't have a problem with a game like, uh, what was it here? I'm bringing it up right now. Like So games like Astro Near, I didn't have a problem with because it's kind of third-person exploration and playing and playing around. Golf with Friends, I didn't have a problem with playing. I didn't have a problem with hotshot racing either. So a lot and and Minecraft Dungeons as well. I never had a problem with that one either. 
Okay. It's just a matter of, it seems like a lot of these games that require or that depend on like low latency for that instant feedback is what I was having the problem with destiny and the razor Kishi, you know, it, it's an okay controller. I've, when, when I paid for it, you know, the buttons feel okay. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with the joysticks, but definitely when I'm playing, definitely when I'm playing a game like Destiny, there's definitely more of a lag than what I'm used to. So it makes it very hard for me to play um, in a way where I played, I played Destiny 2 on my phone and I, I don't want to play Destiny or play any sort of first person shooter on yeah. my phone at yeah. all. Did you try it at all without the controller? Like just touch screen? Does that work? I didn't try it without the controller. Okay. I didn't see an option to like wear the touch because in a lot of ways, I don't even think it works without like a third party controller. Okay. Because I can't imagine mapping all those buttons to your phone. Right. Like at some point, your screen becomes more controller than, you know, display. <laughs> At right. that point, especially with something like emulating an Xbox controller, which, you know, the. You know, the sticks have the hidden ability to be pressed in. That counts as an input right. and that kind of thing. So yeah. there's there's that kind of there's that kind of input that would just I think be too hard to replicate. I think Xbox Cloud, like the Xbox Cloud beta is a good deal, especially if you have Xbox One, uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. I just don't think it's the right type of thing where you're gonna end up you're you're gonna be playing Apex Legends or Call of Duty or Destiny. Or in a lot of ways, any game that requires some sort of aiming, which a lot of story, you know, story single player games do in a lot of aspects. Right. Um, I feel like the more arcadey fun games in a way are more are more tied to the success of Game Pass than anything else. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Like I said before, I do want to try it out, but I cannot because I am in the Apple ecosystem. (laughs) Android for life. That's right. I will live through you, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) but it it was definitely a cool experience like i I wanted to try it you know and the there is helpful hints when it comes to telling you oh you're connected to a 2.4 gigahertz wi-fi you should be connected to five for best (laughs) for best play and for my phone i didn't realize that i was connected to the 2.4 so when i switched it you know i didn't have as many problems with streaming cool it's just definitely it's just definitely the 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 delay time and the the reaction time that comes with precision. That's cool. <laughs> Falling apart again. Yeah, I'm gonna have to edit <laughs> these coughs out. This is gonna be interesting. <laughs> so we can uh, get to movies we watch then, right? That was yeah. all your games you played. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think we should go with the movie that we both watched. Uh, so Enola Holmes on Netflix, and. Initial impressions from you, generically. I liked, okay, I liked the movie. It was, it was fun. I, you know, uh, Enola and Sherlock Holmes, of course, played by Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill, like two, two actors that I've seen in a lot of stuff recently, and I like their performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mycroft my, uh, my is kind <laughs> of an is kind of an a hole. Yeah, you know, he. I definitely like. I definitely don't have a problem with the actor, but the character, I just feel like is. I feel like that third, like Holmes brother, I don't feel like he was really needed in a lot of this <laughs> stuff. He's just there to remind us that Enola doesn't act like a proper girl for that time <laughs> period. So, right. you know, he, he's trying, he's just trying to be an a-hole about it the entire time mm-hmm. where, um, 
you know, uh, Tukisbury and, you know, their mother, Adora, you know, I thought, I thought they were nice side characters. I, yeah. I didn't realize that we wouldn't see that much of the mother, like, at all for a mm-hmm. lot of the movie, but she does show up sometimes. And all I can ever think of her is, you know, Bellatrix Lestrange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was very well done. Um, like the fourth wall breaking that, uh, Enola does where she's constantly talking to the camera or she's talking to you. I thought it was really cool. It was an interesting way to do it. Um, I would a hundred percent watch a Sherlock Holmes movie with Henry Cavill a hundred percent. Cause I think he's a cool Sherlock and I would hundred percent watch more movies with Millie Bobby Brown as Enola. Um, I couldn't help but think as I was watching it, seeing her like originally in the first season of stranger things, like how far she's come as an actress, she's gotten yeah. so good. Uh, and it's cool that she's getting more opportunities outside of just stranger things. But I, you know, I enjoy Sherlock Holmes type things. I enjoyed the Robert Downey Jr. ones. I thought they were great. Um, those were more action based than this was. This was more based on, you know, detective work. And, uh, I guess kind of like a, a women's empowerment type movie, right? Because there isn't a big emphasis on Henry Cavill like Sherlock Holmes in general, he's, he shows up occasionally, but he's really not in it that much. Uh, but that being said, I thought it was a fantastic movie. Um, it, it was a lot longer than I thought it would be. It was like two hours, I believe. Yep. Uh, but it kept me entertained the whole time. So it was a hundred percent a recommend. I saw it like, a you know, I always go through the Netflix coming soon and I hadn't heard anything about it and was pleasantly surprised. Um, I don't know if this was originally supposed to, come out in theaters or not but it 100 percent could have and would have done pretty well i think so definitely check it out everybody has a netflix subscription so it doesn't cost you anything just just watch it yeah whether or not you're banking it you know from your friend or not <laughs> everybody it, has access to netflix yeah and it, it, it i can't reiterate enough it is a fun movie and for me um like you know i tend to be kind of dumb-brained when it comes to movies where oh there's not enough action you know or something like yeah. that i found myself enjoying this movie you know, no matter no matter what was going on, I was definitely interested in like Anola's journey to see, you know, what the riddle that her mother left her was going to end up being like. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, it's it's just a fun movie in general. You know, my my Croft, I'm going to I'm going to mention again. He he's an ass. So. <laughs> he is. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the way he was because um, you had him being the overbearing brother who's in charge of Anola now that her mom's gone and he wants her to become a lady. And then you have Sherlock, who doesn't really say anything, but you know he's on her side. Um, And it was just cool to kind of see him in the background being Sherlock. So all the characters were very well done. Yeah, and it's it's nice to hear that, you know, we we want to see Henry Cavill do more Sherlock stuff. It (laughs) it feels like these days everybody wants Henry Cavill doing something. Right. Whether it's to stay as Superman, because I think he is a good Superman, despite the abuse of the film. There There are talks about him now being... Uh, the James Bond, if Idris Elba and oh, I forget the other actor, um, but there's another actor and talks to be the next James Bond. And, you know, yeah, of, uh, you know, Henry Cavill's English, you know, he <laughs> yep. has the uh, he, he has, I think, the voice tone for it. But, yeah, it seems like everybody wants Henry Cavill to do to do everything. So he's he's making a boat ton of money, which is good for him. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> uh, what else did you watch? 
So I can't, uh, I think that's really all I've watched. I'm not sure if there's another movie and I'll get to it in the, the next podcast. If I suddenly have an epiphany about <laughs> what the other movies I watched was, okay. but I do want to mention Pokemon journeys that next season came out. I'm only really one episode deep so far, so I haven't really had time to review that or not. Okay. Uh, so the only other movie I watched, which wasn't this week was actually last week was the devil all the time. And that's the other movie. That, there you that go. Is, that's I'm so glad you mentioned that because yep. I remember watching that movie. Yeah. The devil all the time. And I think we talked about it at the end of the last podcast that it was coming out and we were both going to watch it. Yep. Um, so initial impressions. I know this was getting also a lot of good reviews, just like Enola Holmes was. And my my first problem with it was it it really was marketed as Tom Holland's movie. You also had Robert Pattinson and a bunch of other people in it as well. But you know, you don't even get Tom Holland until about over halfway through the movie. Yeah, and it would take three fourths. Yeah, he's really not in it that much. Um, and in general, I I think it was man, it was like tough for me to get through. I just found it like some of the stuff dragged on. And I mean, it's a depressing movie. The story itself is super depressing. There's a lot of people getting killed everywhere. Um, but I can't. I watched it. I don't know if I enjoyed it. It's a weird thing to say. I. It's not something that I would see myself ever watching again. Um, and I don't know if I can recommend it. I'm so up in the air on it. It's just I don't. It was a weird movie. And at times I was getting bored. And at times I was just confused. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't in the right mind space for it, but I don't know. I'm so up in the air. What did you think about it? So I, I did enjoy the devil all the time. I okay. there's, there was something interesting to me about how the timelines were going to, or all of the different characters we were following were suddenly going to merge mm -hmm. because in a lot of ways, um, and I'm going to start using Marvel superhero names because some of the characters, you know, do that. <laughs> but, you know, Bucky, you know, the Winter yep. Soldier's character, I, I didn't realize what he was going to do or what he was for in this movie. Like, th there had to have been a purpose. And you really don't get that purpose until the end, of course. Right. And then you're following... I really like the third-person narration because it's giving you hints as to what you know, these two people are doing, because early on you're introduced to this photographer and this very pretty, you know, waitress that, you know, you're, they're told that their, their victims are called models and that's all you get for a little bit. And then you find out that, you know, they're, they're serial killers right. and you find out with Tom Holland's character and Tom Holland, yet again, we mentioned he he's not a big part of this movie until the very I think till about three fourths. Yep. So I do I do admit that the movie kind of drags on, but I think that's because everybody's waiting for when does when does Spider Man come on? <laughs> yeah, you know, when, and this is not Spider Man. Let let me make that very clear. <laughs> no, it is I'm not. not like <laughs> Spider Man, and this movie is nowhere near Spider Man <laughs> or Batman or Avengers or anything like that because it is a very dark and depressing movie in a lot of ways. But I found myself interested with what the characters were going to do because, you know, and Robert Pattinson, despite his character being a scumbag, he you know, I, I think I like Robert Pattinson and everything but Twilight. Because, <laughs> yeah. You know, Robert Pattinson is Twilight is just a one dimensional love dummy right. uh, for, for, gir for girls to, ooh, ooh, you know, ooh, ooh, and gawa over. I think those are the words that I want to use for that. <laughs> but in. 
uh, in this movie, it's a lot darker. And I kind of get the sense that maybe he's going to tap into like the, the darkness of this movie when he's playing uh, Batman, uh, when that, whenever that decides to come out. <laughs> and, you know, I, I find myself enjoying this movie. I do admit the beginning was kind of long where, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we're all waiting for Tom Holland to come in. But, but that's because those are the A-list actors in the movie. And they're trying to make you watch it for as long as possible until, you know, those A-list actors start to come on. And even um, Neville Longbottom's character yeah. is, is in the is in the movie for, for a brief period of time. So there's a lot of time jumping that didn't make sense. And if you're this movie requires your attention, because if you're not paying to paying attention to the if you're not paying attention to like Neville Longbottom's character and the serial killers timelines, you really have no idea what's going on. Um, And then when all of those timelines and characters start to merge into Tom Holland's, you start to realize that, okay, this is where all this payoff is coming from, where we've gotten to learn about these characters. You get to learn the internal struggle, struggle with the, you know, the wife of this, uh, of the serial killer duo. So there's a lot going on and it's the movie definitely requires your attention. It's just a matter of whether or not it can keep it. And for me it did, but it just, it sounds like for you, it did have a harder time. Yeah. It, Cause it took me, I think like two or three settings to get through it all, which I don't normally like to do with movies, but just, you know, I got to, I think even before Tom Holland came on screen before I had stopped it. And I was like, all right, well I got to at least see how he does. And that's what kind of that was what was driving me to finish it at that point. So I was like, all right, I'm not really into this, but I want to see what his character is all about. So, I mean, once he was there, it was better for sure. But it just it has a very, very long intro, if you will. They have to set everything up. And I get that. It just seemed like it was went on a little too long for me. Yeah, and one one thing I do want to mention, so, like, the actors that are in this film, you know, uh, Neville Longbottom's character, that's Harry Melling. The actor, Bucky, is Sebastian Stan, and, you know, Robert Pattinson and Tom Holland, who I've mentioned. But this movie, you know, is, it's it's a two-hour movie in 18 minutes, so it's slightly longer than Enola Brown at Mm -hmm. two hours and three minutes. But the, uh, but yeah, the, the movie looks generally not as well reviewed when it comes to Nola Brown, right. but I think that's because of how slow this movie is at times. Yeah. Yeah. But those are the only two that I watched this week. Oh, past two weeks. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And for me, that's what I, you know, I originally watched one movie and I'm just so glad that you mentioned the devil all the time. <laughs> I had, I had completely forgotten about that. It was a while ago. Cause that yeah. was right after the last podcast we did. And also yep. on a side note, just to mention real quick, since uh, Black Widow got delayed here, this is the first year in a decade that we've had no Marvel movies. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's too bad because I'm actually super excited about Black Widow. Yeah, um, I feel like the the Avengers game in a lot of ways has made me excited for the character of Black Widow, mm-hmm. and finally to get you know something a bit more about Black Widow and her solo movie, I'm definitely excited for as well. It's just too bad that. And I guess this is sort of movie news, but in a lot of ways, Mulan has upset and not done as well as it was right. supposed to. So I feel like Disney's just like, OK, we got to wait until movies open back up because, you know, they're everybody's mad about Mulan in a lot of ways. 
Right. Yeah, maybe they think Black Widow wouldn't get them the money that they need on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So, which I can understand, but it, it is kind of a bummer. I was kind of hoping they would drop that on Disney Plus, but at least we'll get the WandaVision series. So that's something Marvel, but no big blockbuster movies from Marvel this year. We'll just have a bunch next year. Maybe. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure the Winter Soldier and Falcon series is due up shortly around that time period as well with WandaVision. Yep, I think it's around Christmas time for that one. Mm-hmm. So we'll have Marvel stuff to watch. It's not like we won't, but... I, I definitely missed the Marvel summer blockbuster in theaters this year. It hurts. So hopefully we can get that next year and we'll have just a, a ton of movies to see in theaters next year and we'll be good to go. Exactly. Well, uh, that's going to be it for us at the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. Uh, thank you guys for understanding with t- us taking a week off because trust me, I could not record on Tuesday. <laughs> I, I, I would not have made it through. I would have been silent and we would have invited a guest or someone like that <laughs> had we decided to record the podcast. So thank you guys for all your support. I really do appreciate it. And just make sure to follow us on you know, on any sort of social media network or Twitch because yep. I streamed and I didn't have a problem for two hours. So I'm <laughs> more inclined to stream now. Yep. And I am in the process of rearranging my office to make it easier to stream. So once I get all that set up, I foresee a lot, a lot of streaming. So we should be pretty active on there. Yeah. I can't wait to see what it ends up looking like. Yep. All right. But with that, we will see you guys next time. Later.